Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood podcast person, Pavlo, speaking to you from the post-production side of things. So as you may have noticed from the title, this is part two of our Harry Potter discussion where we will be going through films uh, part five through eight. So that is The Order of the Phoenix to Deathly Hallows part two. If you did not listen to uh, the first part of our discussion where we go through The Philosopher's Stone to The Goblet of Fire, go back to that episode if you want to start listening to our discussion from the beginning of the series. And with that out of the way, the rest of our discussion. The next film, Order of the Phoenix. So I know, Megan, you said this is one of your favorite <laughs> films slash books. For me, it is one of the worst. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> because I find that not much goes on, like in terms of plot. Like you could argue there's more like character development or whatever, because it's mo- mostly them like doing their school year stuff. And you have... um I guess, like the social order breaking down in general in the wizarding world as Umbridge kind of comes in, starts taking over Hogwarts. Dumbledore is kind of just like withdrawn from Harry Potter. But we find out later the psychic link between Voldemort and Harry. So Dumbledore was like, I need to distance myself from you just in case Voldemort, you know, is aware of that. Okay, fine. That makes sense. But then like plot wise, in terms of like advancing the story altogether, uh, not much happened. We we get something of like a prophecy that because Harry keeps getting these visions that he has to go to this room. He sees like Sirius Black like in danger. And then we finally like at the end, it's like, OK, let's go. Let's go get this prophecy. Let's figure it out. Let's storm the Ministry of Magic and do what we need to do. And then we get there. And obviously it was a, a, a plant, you know, a fake to get Harry Potter there. But they do actually need him to. Uh, actually open the prophecy and then we open the prophecy and it's something lame it says like the other can't live or well, only one of you can live yeah. basically is the one summary can, neither can live while the other survives that's it yeah and i'm like okay we kind of already figured we, that yeah. much out they've been trying to kill each other <laughs> for four movies well now. i feel it's more on voldemort than trying to kill everybody <laughs> okay <laughs> We get the action sequence like right at the end again when they're trying to get the prophecy and then we have the Death Eaters come about and then, you know, we have Sirius Black, we have Bellatrix, you know, this moment at the end. And I'm like, we just have that like in terms of action, in terms of advancing the story, it's just that like last like 10, 20 minutes of the film and the rest is just kind of like Umbridge taking over kind of thing and elementary magic being like Voldemort doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're trained. The, the wizards start training like the students for oh the yeah the dumbledore's movie. army dumbledore's army i'm sorry that was so goofy and <laughs> stupid <laughs> i was like y'all are a bunch of nerds like i was rooting for draco with that one like, <laughs> <laughs> but like also what a good like this movie gave us the room of requirement right mm-hmm. so like all the little like filch thrived in this movie like seeing him like hammer in all the like all different the rules yeah and then, like, him running into a closet, and now it's, like, a broom closet. You're like, that's so silly. <laughs> Just It has a lot of, like, for... So, like, I think the third movie is where it visually starts to get darker, but it's not heavy yet. Yeah. You know, it's just darker because, like, werewolves and whatever. And then the fourth movie is, like, it gets heavier, but there's still, like, you know, happy, jaunty music and, a, you know, whatever. Um, and the fifth movie takes that to like the extreme where you have like all the pink and you have some like moments of levity and you have like Harry and Cho Chang and like all this stuff and whatever. But then it's like, no murder is happening. <laughs> like Voldemort's back. Like we've got some heaviness and it's like, but it's still somewhat bright with all the pink from Dolores. But you're like, you're also the worst. I don't know. Visually, the fifth has always just spoken to me because of that. I hate Dolores. I hate any moment she's on screen. It's like physically painful. I also hate seeing Sirius die. So like as much as I love the movie, I actually hate it. <laughs> but for reasons where it's like it gets to my heart. You know what I mean? Like it brings up emotions more than any of the other ones, I think. So speaking of Umbridge, we get a point towards the end just before they're going to break off to go to the Ministry of Magic. Uh, I forget exactly what it is they want to do, but they want to kind of get the word out to the outside world. And they realize like the only place that they can go 
to get their message out is to like uh umbridge's like fireplace or whatever because it's the only place that's not probably not being watched so they go there but then of course they get caught because i think one of her little cat paintings <laughs> goes to say hey you're in your office <laughs> and so they show up and then hermione is all like hey we're gonna show you the weapon that dumbledore has been trying to you know use to, I don't know, do whatever Dumbledore wants to do. And I'm just like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's go get that. Just by, I'll just have you guys lead me by myself. And they go into the forest uh, around Hogwarts. And then they come across the, uh, the unicorns. They come back. Not the unicorns, sorry. The, the, centaurs. Uh, the centaurs. They come back. And then Umbridge like, hates the centaurs and starts like basically calling them terrible names and insulting them. And then the, what seems to me is just like a plot convenience. The, the, the senators are like, we're going to capture you and run off with you for some reason. To where? Who knows? <laughs> to do what? I don't know because she's, she's back in the next movies, you know? Like, what did they do to her? <laughs> like, they just like, oh, we're just going to run around. Run around for they a little like bit. Played some volleyball with her and then they just let her. And this is like the easy escape for our main character so they can get out and go to the Ministry of Magic. But I'm just like, because at the end they show like a bunch of newspaper like clips, like uh, like the spinning newspaper with the headlines. And it tells you there's a little one about Umbridge. Something happens to her. She's like disciplined or something like that. And it's just like, okay, so the centaurs captured her at that. Okay, well, we're, yeah, we'll take you back. We're sorry we <laughs> ran you out to this. You know, middle of the forest. And it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. But again, think, this movie. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Just like, what is Voldemort waiting for? Like, he wants, now he needs a prophecy. Why? Who knows? And that's what makes me, like, I do enjoy this movie. Like, you know, the whole Umbridge plot was kind of funny at times. You know, even though she's annoying, but. Sirius dying just doesn't feel as like worth it in a, in a way. Like, he, why did he die? Because they were trying to get this, to try to stop Voldemort from trying to get a prophecy that told them something that, you know, could have been left unsaid. So I think like Voldemort needs the prophecy to make sure that, just to make sure he's doing the right thing. Like, <laughs> aware of prophecy, right? Like, or no, there was another prophecy um, that that's why he went to go kill Harry Potter originally is like he was told a prophecy where it's like the one who will take down the Dark Lord or something will be born in the seventh month or something like that. Um, and it could either be Neville or Harry, which is just always like how different the world were, would be if he chose it to be Neville and whatever. Um, and so he like got rid of Neville's parents. Which, sorry, just, oh, you know, anyway, he like tortured them for a while. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're not going to tell you anything. And you're just like freaking Neville's parents being courageous. Like, thank you. You guys are amazing. You deserve more love. And then he decided to like kill Harry's parents and like all that stuff and whatever. But it's just, I think the prophecy doesn't seem important in the context of the fifth film, but then in the context of like the final film, when you're like, oh, I get it. You like, neither of you can be alive. Like you have to kill the Horcrux in Harry as well as Voldemort, for Harry to survive. So both of you have to die for one of you to live. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, like it's just like, ooh, it's like a different, it's like it sets something up and you think you understand and you're like, whatever. Mm. But then later on, you're like, oh, but you know what? That was cool. Like but, that was. But Harry like realizes some other way that he needs to die. So it's like, okay, in hindsight, that's what the prophecy meant. But still like, no one at that point in time found out anything. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I will say that um, I think it was like the author said that uh, she wanted to kill Arthur Weasley and was like, that's too sad. Let me kill Sirius. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? No one likes Sirius. <laughs> like, okay, Arthur Weasley, great. His obsession with like a rubber duck hilarious but come on why we gotta do harry so dirty he just got a family like yeah. he just got he loves him and now it's like haha also like where is lupin that's my question yeah you know that's this a whole good question, period, yeah. where is lupin what's he doing because yes sirius is his technical godfather but like from the understanding is like lupin and sirius and you know they were like the best of friends 
you know, James mm-hmm. just chose serious, but like, why aren't you hanging out with Remus? Like he's, you know, like your uncle too. Where's, I don't know. I feel like that's not explained unless it is. And I don't remember, but I don't believe that. I'm just going to say it's not explained. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like Harry just can't catch a break. Like they had to kill his other family member. That, that's so sad. And especially Sirius, right before Sirius dies, like Harry does a spell and then uh, Sirius is like, nice one, James. And you're like, he thought it was his best friend. Like, that is so beautiful. And then Bellatrix is like, ha ha, you dead. And I'm like, on her way out, like a fucking, I'm sorry. Like, just, oh, so, oh. But then when she's like running around being like, I killed Sirius Black. I'm like, ooh, that is some good acting. And I will watch that all day. Although every time I hear you say those words, I want to (laughs) cry. But like doing it so well that I'm like applauding and crying simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serious black man. What a R.I.P. homie. Yeah. Poor serious. Been you. <laughs> all, right, do, all right. Do we have any other final things for this film before we move on to the next one? Oh, just yeah. that no one believes Harry about Voldemort the whole time, right? Yeah. This is this yeah. movie where I'm like, I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of evidence in the first uh, in the previous movie about you know, something going, something shady's going on. Everyone's like, mm, I don't know. Like, they're just in one of those cases where they're so afraid of the truth that they're willing to live in like denial and accept it. But it's like, even in your sense of denial, how do you think Cedric died? Yeah. Like, what do you think happened to Cedric? Because Harry didn't get in trouble for killing him. No one thought that. Harry just left, returned with a dead boy. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't Voldemort, but we're also not going to get mad at you. Like, what's going on, Ministry of Magic? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. But, no, they they don't tend to believe Harry on anything. <laughs> like, like, even in the third one, they find out the truth about Peter Pettigrew and Sirius and that he's innocent and all this stuff and whatever. And Voldemort's like, no one's, no one's going to believe a 13-year-old. Sorry, you can help him escape. Like, at least you know the truth. That's You uncover the truth. That's great. But you're never going to convince them in issue of magic. And he's like, but it's me and Hermione and Harry. Like, we're three children who know the truth. And they're like, nope, no one's going to believe you. Sorry, make him run away. They're like, they're just doing him dirty constantly. The sixth book, Flash Film, The Half-Blood Prince. So this one, this one I say I do enjoy quite a bit. I remember reading it when it came out because for me, this is the last last book I read. Uh, but I remember well and then watching it, but also remember reading it. You know, it was like I really like the um, the Felix potion, mm-hmm. the good luck potion. I forget what the name of it. I think it has an alliterative name. Uh, Felix Felicis or something, something that. Yeah. And then I remember when he when he when he drank it like, yeah, I'm feeling it like this is in the book because you get more obviously into his head and they're like, OK, now go to like. The professor, what's his name, Slughorn? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, now Harry, go. Go, go, go talk to him now. Now you have luck on your side. He's like, no, 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 I can't go there, man. I gotta, like, you know, go get a beer or whatever it is he does, you know? And it's just like... But yeah, it's like this roundabout way, and then he finally gets to, like, the thing that he needed. Because when I when I was reading it, I thought, okay, he's gonna drink it, and then he's gonna go, and it's gonna work out. He's gonna ask him, hey, what the, what was that conversation y'all had? And because luck is on his side, he's just going to tell him. So I kind of went this roundabout way. And I just remember like, man, that seemed cool. I would like to drink this drink <laughs> and then see, see what happens. So there was that. And then the other major thing that I liked, of course, was uh, it was like, yeah, Harry and Dumbledore going on like adventures to hunt down these horcruxes. That's what I thought the whole book was going to be. Right. So when we got to the end and I was kind of like, we'll get to the end uh, in a second. But when I got to the end, I was like, oh, damn, this is not where I thought it was going because it ends on like a cliffhanger because I thought that was going to be the rest of the book. We're going to go collect Horcruxes, destroy him. And I thought, OK, it's going to be a cool little adventure. But we only get like one before they come back. And then obviously we get the end, which we're going to get to in a second because that's like a separate point. Not for me, but just for like the cultural thing surrounding when the book came out. But overall, I enjoyed the film. Because uh, it had like, you know, a lot of those elements where we, you know, we find out about Horcruxes. It's like, okay, we're going to go and, uh, you know, take them and, and destroy them and stuff like that. And then we go on the uh, last one, which turns out to be a fake because uh, it turns out uh, Sirius's brother, I guess, was the one who stole it a while ago. And obviously, like I said, ends on a, on a cliffhanger. 
So the, at the end of the book, this is where we get like the biggest, I guess, plot twist or surprise thing in Harry Potter, which was that. No, I know we didn't say spoilers at the beginning, but you know, you knew we were going to talk about these fucking books and movies. <laughs> yeah, so if you didn't, I'm sorry if you got spoiled this <laughs> for like a series that were at least the first first book is over 20 years old. Uh, you know, too bad, but. Um, you know, so when Snape like kills like Dumbledore, you know, and just kind of like, no, I remember reading that being like, what the fuck? How did that happen? <laughs> no, what? What? That was like my like reading the book. That was like my reaction. And I think around the time that the book was released, uh, some pages were leaked. I don't know if the whole novel was leaked, but some pages were. And so it got out that this happens, that at the end of the book, Snape kills uh Dumbledore and then so when Harry Potter at this point uh the books are releasing it's like massive massive now at this point Harry Potter mania is like probably like at its peak so you had like midnight releases you know people like families kids whatever lining up get those books and so you would have people I saw I remember watching like videos of like people just like driving by like in a uh, like a, a lineup waiting outside to buy the book at the midnight release <laughs> coming and yelling Snape kills Dumbledore Snape kills Dumbledore and everyone being all like pissed off like oh what the fuck <laughs> you know? that is so shitty so that's but like, also so ridiculous that I probably wouldn't have even believed it yeah you know, mm-hmm. like just oh sure yeah the teacher kills the headmaster okay cool for you like you know I don't think I would have believed it so mm. that's my big takeaway from the book when it came out because I just remember that people trying to spoil the book uh, for everyone, but the film itself, I I liked. It. I don't know if anyone else has any other observations or things you want to bring up about the film. I liked it again. The like one of the major like adventures or plot points was trying to get the memory from the teacher or trying to like, yeah. Which I'm like, why were you holding on to that if it was, you know, it, that's the information that that that's what gave the information to go after the Horcruxes, right? Yeah. So, like, why was he just holding on to this? Was he just embarrassed? It makes him look bad. But, yeah, come on, man. It's like, we're trying to kill this guy. And it it was so long. Like, I remember watching the movie. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what's the point of this? What's in this fucking memory? Yeah. Then you find out. And then I just felt like the whole last part was more rushed, you know? Like, okay, let's go get this Horcrux. Oh, no, it's, it's fake. We come back. Uh, Dumbledore dies like and I was like why did we spend so much time trying to get this teacher to fess up just because he was a little embarrassed (laughs) (laughs) I always appreciated the fact that Snape constantly wanted to be the defense against the dark arts teacher and was constantly denied like new teacher after new teacher is brought in and sucks and only lasts a year and whatever um and then the moment that Dumbledore is like, you know what? I need a potions teacher. Like, I need Slughorn. Sure, Snape, you get to be defense against the Dark Hearts. Like, we'll, you know, we'll make you that because I need Slughorn <laughs> to be the pro- potion. Not because you're qualified. No, no, no. Just because I don't want you to be potions right now. And I'm like, that is cold, and I love it. That's <laughs> like, things. <laughs> you know, just doing Snape. Dir- it's just these movies and books could just be summarized as people doing people dirty. Mm-hmm. Like this. You know, they're doing Snape dirty constantly. They're doing... Yeah, it's always the same character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do love... There's a lot of moments of, like, levity in this movie that make me giggle. Like, when Harry is on his way to Hagrid's, when he's on the the Felix potion. Yeah. um, Like, uh, Slughorn mentions something about spiders, and Harry's just there, like... And like doing spider fingers and whatever. Like it's just like (laughs) such a two second moment. But for me, it was always like amazing. Like it was just like a moment of like, ah, like, yeah. Um, Or Slughorn being dressed as a couch at the beginning. Like it's just such a silly, silly, happy little moment. And like there's like one jewel of like the chandelier that's like stuck under someone's foot and it's just making a weird noise when it wants to go back to like, I don't know. There's just little moments of happiness that always, um, or when they're, when Slughorn has like his supper with all the students, uh, Hermione makes a comment about like, my parents are dentists and they're like, is that a dangerous profession? And she's like, "Eh, for cavities or like something's like a silly little joke. And I'm always like, 
cute. It's like them trying to have like a little bit of humor and I'm I'm definitely here for it. Mm-hmm. Like I like that a lot. Yeah, I did yeah. notice like more, you know, little quips and stuff like that, which was good. Because, you know, Snape murdering Dumbledore is definitely heavy enough that you're really like happy at the end that you've had the little moments of like happiness. Especially also just Harry getting like the second movie or second book all happens because Ginny gets obsessed with like a diary. And then Harry finds a mysterious book years later and is like, let me get obsessed with it. Like, no, bro. Did you not learn Ginny's lesson? Don't get obsessed with books when you don't know who wrote them. Yeah. Like, you don't know the person. What? Why are we getting obsessed? Why are we turning dark? Why are we learning spells that we don't know what they're going to do and doing them on Draco? <laughs> and it's like slashing him in a bathroom. I mean, great scene. Thank you for it. But like, also, why are we doing that? You okay, know? so you're referring to when he gets the potions book, the used one, yeah. and it's like Snape's old book. Although he, I, did, I, I did find that scene pretty funny when they're like late to the potions class, and then the teacher's like, yeah, okay, there's a book in the back that you can grab, and they both see the new book, because you know that feeling, like, you don't want that rusty, crusty old book. You want, like, the new, crisp, never-been-opened book before, and they both, like, fight for it. I, I appreciated that, because I know that feeling where it's like, you don't want the old book there. I love Hermione just... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Hermione's hair. Like, oh. Hermione to get potions and, like, her hair getting bigger. And just... Yeah. Like, just seeing a type A personality <laughs> freak the fuck out because the instructions aren't right. I was like, yeah, relatable. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of, like... This is completely unrelated to, like, Harry Potter and magic, but uh, Julia Child. Like, I don't know if you saw uh, the Meryl Streep Julia, Julia, or Julia, Julia, or yeah, Julie and Julia, because it's like uh, Amy Adams' character is like recreating like the recipes of like Julia Child. It's like the famous like uh, mm-hmm. yeah. For anyone who's listening, no, not you, okay. Rob. <laughs> anyone who's listening who's not familiar with Julia Child, she was like an American like chef who learned like French techniques and stuff, and she has like her book mastering like the art of French cooking or whatever it is. Because uh, I remember in the film, uh, Julia. And, Julie and Julia, uh, what she's like doing the book, because uh, the other book, at least famous cooking book that I know is like The Joy of Cooking. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. That's from, I, I remember seeing like my in my house, like, I think my mom had it, The Joy of Cooking. So I don't know, it's like, I don't know, famous. So that's the one mm-hmm. I saw. So when Julia Child's like doing her book, because I think The Joy of Cooking also does like French uh, recipes or cuisine or whatever. Um, she noted like certain some of the techniques that they told you or how they did the recipes like weren't like the best way mm-hmm. of like doing it. So she's like, oh, instead of like, you know, chopping or taking this vegetable or whatever it is and doing it this way, do it this way to get like a better result. And that's what Snape's book mm-hmm. it made me think of because he like refined the techniques, yeah. you know, to like get a better potion or to do it more easily compared to like what the the book itself said. But also small commentary on like book manufacturers, especially like school textbooks. Okay. Because <laughs> like, how old is Snape's book? Where yeah. it's like still exactly the fucking same, but every year you gotta buy a new goddamn book. Yep. It's just like current. Like, if anyone listening, you know, if you're a university student, you know that pain where it's like <laughs> the ninth. You got to get the ninth edition book. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, oh, I have like the seventh that because like someone else I knew took it or I found an old copy and it's like the same thing, but they changed like one word. They just changed the pages a bit to confuse <laughs> yeah. you. I also do like um, they make it a plot point in a lot of the books and movies that like they have to go to Diagon Alley and get their new books. And like, you know, they and you always see it with the Weasleys where they're like, oh, mom, some of these textbooks are going to be expensive. And she's like, we'll make do and whatever. Um, and then when they have Lockhart, they end up like having to buy like six of his books. And you're like, you're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then for whatever reason, I mean, I get it. It's a plot point. You want us, you want Harry to have that old book, but they don't have to buy a potions book for Slughorn. They just get one from the back of the class. Like every other year they've had to buy like potions, yeah. books, defense against the dark watch and like all this stuff. And like that year, it's just like, no, it's whatever. Grab from the back. Like, we've had them this whole time. Like, <laughs> just... Hogwarts had like all these resources. Like, yeah, we have stuff that you could just use, but buy, but we want you to buy the book. Ron's yeah. mom is like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> but 
isn't Harry like super rich? Yeah. Couldn't he have just helped his friend out a little bit? Like, Ron, you don't have to rewear this old tux <laughs> for the ball. I'm freaking rich. Yeah, because one of the first things that they do when they go to the Diagon Alley, it's like, oh yeah, here's your bank account. And it's like full of wizard gold or whatever. So he definitely could have helped a brother out there. Mm-hmm. They make points in like the books where before um the Quidditch, the Quidditch World Cup or whatever, like Harry buys Ron and Hermione like a little trinket or whatever. And Ron, like it's like 10 galleons or something. And Ron's like, no, Harry, like, no. And he's like, don't worry, I won't get you a Christmas present. And that's the only way Ron will accept it because he doesn't like the fact that Harry's like constantly like they'll get like he'll be like three butter beers and like whatever. And it like there's a an imbalance okay. deal. So they do explain that. <laughs> I right. do like whenever you bring up something that I can explain because there's so much where I'm just like, uh, magic. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, that does make sense. Yeah. Okay. But uh, okay, so then the other thing that I have for this film, which is just a small like, I guess like little comment in casting, is that we we uh, have Ron who has like a girlfriend in this um in this movie, Lavender Brown, who previously appeared in the film series but was played by a black actor and then when she becomes ron's girlfriend they've recast her as a white actor because i guess the harry potter universe is not down with interracial <laughs> relationships or they had like their three black wizard cap for that that year i don't know <laughs> like they just made too many appearances what i think is extra dirty is that they didn't i'm fairly certain it's like two black actors play her like they would change her oh, okay you know what i mean like i think she's like in the second movie portrayed by someone in the third movie portrayed by another and then they're like and now that you get words we'll make you white and you're uh. like but i definitely do think that is just i mean the only way that they've explained it is they um it was just that, like they had there were a bunch of names in the books and whatever um but they weren't characters who spoke or anything and so they knew they had to have all these extras. And so they just gave extras like names so that they could keep track and just make it easier for like who has which robe or whatever. Mm. Um, and then like they started making the movies before all the books were released. Right. So they yeah. didn't realize that she was going to be a character. Like it's still shitty. Don't get me wrong. Like it's completely shitty that they made this character be played by three different actors and only the white one like gets words and all that stuff. But I think for why they switched it a couple of times is because they didn't know that anyone was going to like pay attention. They're like, Lavender Brown, that's no one important. That's just you know, <laughs> like, whatever. Like, so um, in the books, we don't know, like, it's not like in the books, black. And then I don't remember. I don't, I don't think she's, or it's like not mentioned. I don't think it's mentioned. They it were might like, be her skin was the color of mayonnaise or nothing like descriptive. <laughs> Oh, that might be mentioned for when she's Ron's girlfriend. That I still don't know, but I know for like the earlier books, it's not. I don't think it's mentioned where they just like name random students or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because like a lot of characters, like Cedric Diggory was, um, is mentioned as like the captain uh, and uh, like a seeker in the third book. Mm -hmm. And then he only gets played in the fourth book. And like Cho Chang, the same, you know, like they're all introduced, but like, they don't talk or they, they're not that important in their book. So like, there's no reason to cast them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they did her brown dirty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Do we have any, anything else for the half blood prince before we move on to the deathly hallows? I hated how Dumbledore had to drink from that thing. It really disgusted me. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I do like the way they visually showed like where Tom Riddle grew up and what, like just seeing, I don't know. It's kind of like explaining how he's a villain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which mm -hmm. probably isn't, but I don't know how I feel about that. But like, it, you do sit, you're like, I get it. I get it. Like you live in this, like, also I do like the way, um, all the memories, every time you see memories, like the, this, the certain tint to them. Like, I just like the way they've represented that in the movies. And you even saw that like in the second movie with Tom Riddle's memories, like just the way they're filmed. I've always been like, yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. I like the way you do it visually. It just makes me makes me feel good about this movie, like seeing the difference. 
Um, but yeah, that potion was gross, and I don't get why Dumbledore had to just like slurping it, and it's like falling off his beard. And honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. it was <laughs> I was gagging. <laughs> just, I also do like that Dumbledore finally admits in this movie where he's like, Harry, once again, I'm gonna have to ask you. I'm gonna have to ask more of you than like whatever. Like, I'm gonna have to ask you more than whatever. And you're like, okay, at least you're admitting that you're putting a lot of pressure on this kid. <laughs> yeah. Like at least, because. <laughs> I yeah, am yeah. once again putting you in grave danger. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, they... Yeah. No. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, so we'll move on to the last film. Uh, I'm probably just going to talk about it just as, like, one story, because, yeah. you know, they did the whole... Well, I, I don't know if they do this anymore when they adapt materials, but there was the trend of, like, the like late 2000s or 2010s. Where every series, a novel series adaptation, the last one, we got to milk, you know, we got to milk this franchise. So we need to split the last book or yeah, the last book of the series into two movies or something. So like, because they did the same thing for Twilight, right? They did it for this. What's that? Hunger Games also. Yeah, Hunger Games. Right. So it was like, ah, yeah, we need that one more movie because we don't want our cash cow to end. Then you know, and then we had like the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Hobbits, mm-hmm. where they split that into three or four films. <laughs> they, <were> like, <laughs> they took it to the extreme, you yeah. know, where it was like, and it, it could make sense if the the book or something is like really dense and there's a lot of detail and you, or a lot of plot, a lot of story, a lot of character about like you know, it's just thick, dense material that you need. Um, two movies for otherwise it's going to be like really rushed but none of those series the book was that had that much going on that it required two separate films because in this one Deathly Hallows the first one is kind of like yeah, the meandering around for most of the film you know it's like it's a lot of waiting right it's like okay we got this like locket or whatever, and then we're in the forest, and we kind of got to, like, carry it around with us, and it's making Ron a little pissant, <laughs> you know, you know, he's getting upset at everyone, and then he just leaves, because he's like, you know what, I had enough of you two, you guys are obviously in love with each other, so why don't you just make out and get married already, and he pieces out, you know, and it's like, Ron, come on, buddy, it's the locket, it's driving you insane, but we got to wait around in a forest forever before we can figure out what to do with it. So, you know, we'll just leave it at that. So there's too much of that. There's too much of like waiting around in the forest, like in the first part are them trying to get away. Cause it starts off, well, I guess pretty action packed. Cause they're like, Oh, we got to transport Harry to the safe point, the drop off zone. Right. Cause they all transform into Harry Potter because the, the death eaters are going to attack. So we got to throw them off our scent. But after that, it's just kind of like, yeah, waiting around in the forest forever. Yeah, like uh, one of the driving things of this movie is that they need to wait to figure it out. But nothing really happens other than like, like there's nothing external that makes them realize stuff. It's just them being like, oh, wait, this book mm-hmm. that I had in my possession this whole time has this thing on in it that will guide us to this other place, which is fine. But it's like you didn't have to we didn't have to wait in like. the Yeah, but I will say, though, that this like. They're very picturesque, the scenes, you know, like they're very beautiful, mm-hmm. but I didn't need it, you know, <laughs> or for not as for as long. Yeah. Right. It's like we could have done it. We, we were there for five minutes. We figure it out. OK, we realize we have the book, you know, in our in our Felix the cat magic bag thing that Hermione carries around that has like everything in there, you know, but it's a lot of running around because they got to find the guy who like broke into Sirius Black's house and, like, stole everything for some reason, right? And that he's going to tell us the information. You know, it's just kind of like, ugh, it's too much running around and waiting and stuff. There's um, a few moments in it that I actually want to know your guys' opinion. Yes. Harry and Hermione dancing. Are you here for it? Or was that, like, cringy for you? I loved it. It was a fine character moment. I just wish something we got to sooner, right? Because I love it, but I know that there's a lot of people that was like, that was so cringy. They're not like, to me, I'm like, no, this is, I love seeing the friendship moment. And you see that it's like, not a romantic thing. Like it's purely, they are best friends and he's cheering her up and it's lovely. And mm-hmm. okay. And then also Ginny tying Harry's shoes. 
before the wedding. Do you know what I'm like? I don't remember that, but I do know that every moment between Harry and Ginny is incredibly uncomfortable to me. <laughs> so I'm sure it was just as weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember her uh, tying his shoes. I probably it's blocked so- it out of my memory, honestly. No, honestly, so like it makes me so uncomfortable. Like I feel like they were trying. I don't know if I'm uncomfortable because there's so much sexual tension, or because there's none and it, they're supposed to be. <laughs> it's like Harry is standing there and they're in they're they're in her house, like in their house, and she she bends down and she like ties his shoes and then like pops up like right in front of him and whatever. And then her brother shows up and is like brushing her teeth and he's like morning like what's going on and you're just like oh no this is no no there's something about it where i'm just like i don't like this or i love it and i can't tell like i don't know (laughs) what it is but i feel things when i see it yeah i just think jenny's just always kind of uncomfortable to me just always like you have to fart girl like what's going on like she looks like stuck or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do like um like this movie did give us like a lot of cool Wait, unless I'm, is it this movie where you see them, um, they all transform into Harry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And like Hedwig dies? Yeah. That's a really cool scene. Like there are a lot of like, I remember getting excited from watching the trailer where you see like seven Harrys and you're like, oh, what's like, oh, it looks mm-hmm. so cool. Like just seeing them all like slump down and get bigger and like, yeah, no, there's a lot of moments in it that just make me happy i do get that like your guys's point of view of like it does drag on but i'm here for every single moment of mm. that. like i'm i'm complete disagreement i'm like nope i want it to be longer i want <laughs> <laughs> I just i mean okay the captivating opening of is it the second like voldemort sitting at his table with all his chums and whatever and nagini yeah. is like and then you see the WB moment. Like to me, that is just perfection upon perfection. And I would have extended that scene. I would have, I would have made the movie longer by just having that scene play like five times in a row. Mm. Like I just love <laughs> Nikini slithering up and just murdering. And you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so good. Yeah. No, that that opening just gets me. Um Yeah, but all the action, like I really like the first part too. Like, but all the action is kind of like concentrated. Yeah. And then, but it's kind of nice when movies aren't like things constantly happening. Like, you know, it was, it was quiet and chill for a while before the action took up again. Yeah. You also get, sorry, you get the cartoon of the storytelling, which is cool. Like the, the illustration, right. Which is different than Mm -hmm. the rest of the movies, but it does give you a second of like, I find there are still things despite it being, you know, like. It, I think them waiting all the other movies we've seen them like having Christmas or Halloween or whatever in this case they're waiting around and it makes you realize like oh yeah shit is different and that's why when they return to school you're like oh yeah this whole time people have been in school they've just been on the run like it's just mm-hmm. I appreciate all the waiting and all the awkward like pauses and how long everything takes because you're like yeah like when you're doing a wizarding war, not a real war, like not a, you know, muggle war, but like a wizarding war. Yeah, stuff could be boring because you're just, people are hiding from each other. Like it's the opposite of like, you know, this is Sparta running towards each other. No, it's just people hiding, like yeah. trying to find each other. Yeah, no, I get that. But it's, I think it's like a question like of pacing and like the film of like balancing, like, you know, what you're saying about like, yeah, okay, they have to hide out. They're on the run, you know, they're trying to figure out uh, how to destroy like the Horcruxes that they have and figure out what the other ones are that they also need to destroy. But it's a li- still it's a little too much of like and it's like what you said of them like waiting and then just like all of a sudden. Oh, yes, I got the the genius, the Eureka <laughs> moments of like now we've solved it, but we didn't do anything to kind of like get to that point kind of thing. And that's what like makes it boring. Uh, outside of like you know I understand like the context sure but like when you're watching a film it's just like eh, we're still waiting around like mm-hmm. like cut to us at the school then or something to show you know other stuff is going on in the meantime so that way it won't maybe perhaps it won't feel as boring and then we cut back to Harry and Hermione and Ron when he decides to come back uh, you know Ron when he decides to not be such a pissy <laughs> pissed off boy yeah. you know 
So it's just like, it's more a question of, of like pacing that kind of stuff out. So it doesn't feel like it drags uh, a little bit there. Um, I just want to say, yeah. was it a really, was it really the best time to have a wedding? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Come on. <laughs> but I feel like also like what you're just not going to get married. Like, it's like people who have babies during wars. Like, you're not going to, you're just not going to live life. Like, yeah, it's inconvenient, but like people got to be bored or you have to have moments of happiness. Yeah, I I feel like people being born, like that's just kind of like nature happening, kind of, right? Like you don't necessarily plan nine months in advance, like, oh, there's going to be a war, but a wedding, like they're like, we are going to (laughs) party. I don't care who's out to get us. And I was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because the wedding like ends poorly because they get attacked, right? I was like, who would have thought? (laughs) <laughs> where all these wizards that are against you know the bad guys are congregated who would have thought that that would end badly that would uh, that kind of contrasts with what you're talking about before megan for the tri-wizard or not the tri-wizard tournament the the wizard the quidditch world cup where they're like oh we have to make sure we don't attract too much attention <laughs> and it's like oh no we're gonna have this big wedding with people who you know have magical powers like us that could find <laughs> us and hurt us you know so I do really like um in the final movies seeing the wizards interact with like the muggle world. Like for Harry and Hermione, you don't really notice it as much, but like Ron gets the moments where you're like they're sitting in a diner or like just seeing also the movies start off with the the like Death Eaters like attacking a bridge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that is like seeing the the two worlds collide, just love it. Yeah, Love. yeah. Um, one thing. Oh, sorry. Do you want to say something? I was going to talk about uh, Hermione obliviating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sad. Also, was it necessary? I don't. I guess because she doesn't want her parents knowing anything in case they so they don't get hurt, right? Right. Okay. But I'm ugh, so sad. Also, aren't they going to be like, why the fuck did we stand so far apart in our pictures? <laughs> There's a space <laughs> in between. <laughs> yeah. So no. say? Uh, one of the things, yeah, because we start to see like Voldemort and his crew like take over like the Ministry of Magic, right? And they start producing their propaganda, and um, you know they start uh, t- targeting um, what was it Muggleborn um, students mm-hmm. who uh, who have magical powers, and as though they're like the real enemy, and you know you're stealing magic, even though that's not how that works. But I'm just like, why didn't they do more against like the humans or the muggles? Because that seems to be like the beef that they have. Isn't isn't that part of like Voldemort's shtick that it's like, why do we have to be like in the shadows and like hide from humanity when we're like superior? Yeah, I think uh, I mean, I don't have like a definitive answer for that, but I think it's just eradicate one problem and then move on to the next. I see. Okay priorities like get rid of all the like half-bloods the you know non the the hermione types um and then deal with just taking over the world (laughs) i see okay i I do um one point that we didn't mention before in the third book harry is like sitting at the kitchen table and um the news report shows Sirius black being on the run but they tell all the muggles that he's just like an escaped like murderer like convict who has like a gun to stay away and they give him like a hotline or whatever um and that was considered like a uh like a what's it called like a scandalous decision by the minister like the minister of magic to acknowledge that yeah he had to tell the prime minister like hey we have a convict on the loose we'll tell people that you know which like is where they hint or they don't hint they flat out tell you that there is some type of relationship between like the prime minister and the minister of magic and i'm just like that is cool like i know these books are not real like mm. i'm fully aware oh okay i was also, worried for a second. what if they were like, <laughs> what if daddy trudeau knows of a wizarding <laughs> like, world <laughs> just what if they were that's really cool i like whenever muggles get to know stuff like just yeah, very jealous. <laughs> I'm like, I want to become prime minister just so I could know for sure. That's, that's the only that's reason. The case. I'll I'll quit right away. Like, tell me all the secrets, or just tell me 
find that secret and then I'll quit. We're good. Mm-hmm. You know? That's, okay. No, no, that nice. Works. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so a couple of points, at least, that I have, like, for this film. One is, well, the two films. One is at the end, I guess, of part one, when Voldemort goes to get the, the Elder Wand. Mm-hmm. And then we see uh, Dumbledore's tomb. And it's like, why is this such an avant-garde piece of art? <laughs> His tube, you know? Uh, he's just a fancy he, man. You know, like I'm expecting him to be, like, you know, buried, you know, like, maybe some kind of headstone kind of thing. And he has, like, this mausoleum, but it's, like, it looks like it's, like, a new building someone, like, designed. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like, oh, it's very elaborate. I would not have uh, expected that. What I like about that, um, or what like I questioned about it, is so it's supposed to be on the Hogwarts grounds. Yes. Like he's he's like the first headmaster to be like buried there and whatever, and they gave him special permission and whatever. Um, but no one realized that he was going to have the wand with him or how important his wand was. So they were like, we don't need to make your tomb secure or anything. <laughs> like Voldemort could just show up and be like, and like because who's going to rob you? You're at school like we don't need to do this and then it's like yeah that was easy (laughs) Dumbledore left instructions for everything yeah went through the trouble of like left Ron the you know illuminator whatever Harry this like he has thought of things that no one even knew to think of yet Mm -hmm. but he didn't think to write in his will hey guys when you bury me can you like protect it (laughs) (laughs) just make it slightly difficult for someone to like open it up no as we have seen, they're not the best at protecting things anyways. So. <laughs> Put a three-headed dog, but it's going to get kind of sleepy sometimes. So <laughs> Yeah, and then the other thing is when, I think this is the start of the second film, when they go to get some of the um, little trinkets that Voldemort used to like uh, do his, um, his horcruxes, right? Mm-hmm. And so they go to the bank. Because I need to break into whoever's vault. I forget whose vault they need to go into to find. I think it's the... Is it Sorry? No. Is it Bellatrix's? Yeah. Be- yeah. Because she has... Uh, the cup. <laughs> she has like Hufflepuff cup or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they go in there and they break in. And then we kind of see like how... This is not our first instance, but it's the last one that we see. How the wizard wizarding community likes to organize their stuff. So it's just like they go to the bank. And it's like they go in and it's like this wild roller coaster of like this cavernous area. And you got like fire and flames. You got this dragon that's been chained up for (laughs) who knows how long. And he's been like abused because when they play that sound, it's like, oh, that sound means to him he's going to get like beaten. And it's like, oh, my God, this is like so inefficient. (laughs) Imagine you just wanted to check your account balance or I wanted to check. If my cup is still there in your vault and it's like, I got to do this like crazy roller coaster ride. (laughs) It's like, why don't wizards have something a little bit more practical? Like, I understand they're supposed to be different from us. Yeah, like I don't have superpowers, but I do have online banking. And I think that's pretty (laughs) cool. (laughs) So it was just like, also, I think the dragons are like the same models that they use for Game of Thrones or something. Because they look similar. Maybe. I would not know. I think I came across that. I can't remember. But they, it does look like the dragons on, on Game of Thrones. Yeah. But I mean, is there like a way to make a dragon look a little different? Like, yeah, I feel <laughs> they all look like. No, because like the way it, like they walked on their like hands and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Seemed, I think similar model anyways. <laughs> their werewolf looks hella different than the Twilight werewolves. Like, oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can you side? Sorry, side note though. Can you imagine if that's what Jacob looked like? With the <laughs> werewolf? Like they try to make it this like love triangle, and he's just looping. <laughs> sorry, yeah. But you're right. The wizards don't know how to organize stuff. They are so weird. They're horrible at that. Um, but just, I also do like though that there is a moment where everyone is just like, "Hey, so far, it's been like a Hufflepuff item, and it's been like." A Slytherin item, maybe a Ravenclaw item will also like so far it's all and like, you know, they start using logic and they're like, oh, yeah, of course he would do all four mm-hmm. like heads. That would make sense. OK, yeah, let's move up. Like, I do like that when they're able to like start to think of what would be important to Voldemort. But also Voldemort, why don't you just choose like 
I don't know, plastic water bottles that are never going to disintegrate. Yeah. Like, like you have to go in the middle of the ocean to find the one water bottle. <laughs> yeah. And like, did you have to hide them in places and then have pictures of those places on your orphanage wall? think <laughs> <laughs> You're like, to hide it super secret, but also Dumbledore met me once and this was the photo I had. Like, no. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Yeah, if you could divide your soul into seven random objects, you, mm. you better make it like super fucking random. Like, like no one can figure it out. But no, he chose like not obvious, but pretty obvious things. But your mention of Ravenclaw made me remember that ghost. And she really pissed me off because it's like there's chaos happening. Like we're on a time crunch. And she's just like, no, I can't <laughs> tell you. Mm. And like floating around and disappearing and reappearing. I'm like, girl, we need the info. Come on. <laughs> she is definitely the worst. I, I would get rid of that entire scene. That scene did not need to be mm-hmm. there. You could have easily just had a moment where everyone's like, and break. And then they all come back like, I destroyed the goblet. I destroyed the crown. I'd like, yeah, we're good. Cool. We just got Harry and Nagini and then we're done. Mm-hmm. Solid. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have gotten rid of that moment. Yeah, she's creepy and weird. And no. Not have been good. headless Nick. <laughs> yes! <laughs> he has nothing to do with Ravenclaw, but bring him in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I like that Neville got to do something. Like, have a little claim to fame at the end there. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, ne- Neville definitely gets way more um, interesting backstory, I think. In the books, but also like in all the extra reading that is required when you're a Harry <laughs> Potter fan, like when you find out about like his parents and like all the, like everything, and you're like in the movies they, I mean he's hot in the last one, right? He's like getting there, I would say, <laughs> in my personal opinion. <laughs> well, he was like hot-ish, so like now you can have a time to shine. Yeah, Here you go. here's your moment. <laughs> like, because Harry was super hot the whole time. No. <laughs> <laughs> But not yeah. as hot as Voldemort, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, there's a moment in the final one where Voldemort is giving like a speech to everyone when they're about to enter the castle uh, or like the school and whatever. And Bellatrix gets on a rock. Like he's like higher than everyone else. And Bellatrix gets on a rock next to him. And I remember watching that and being like, ooh, the gull of her. Like she has the balls to like, be almost higher than Voldemort. You know what I mean? Like she sees herself as so powerful. And then when you read like later on and you're like, it's because they fucked and they had a child and it all makes sense now. Like, I just like, that's one of those moments where I was like, you know what? The extra shit that came out after the movies or after the books, that that element makes sense. Like, I feel like it was, it was shown beforehand because yes, she is important and she does deserve to stand nearly as high as Voldemort. Mm-hmm. I'm behind, I am behind that decision. It is good. She's not just another lady. Mm-hmm. You know? I just realized, so, because, like, there's a few times where we refer to someone as, oh, it's Dumbledore's, like, friend. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the information that came out later from J.K. Rowling that he was gay, does that mean that his friends were every time we allude, you know what I'm saying? Like, because was he just like celibate? Like, or, did, you know, are we to Do think that he had some friends that were more than friends? Well, his, like, on his um, wizard card that you get with like a magic chocolate frog, it mentions that he was like a partner of Nicholas Flamel, but Nicholas Flamel has a wife. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only like friend I remember him being like associated with. Yeah. Books and movies. And I'm like, he, they, purposely mentioned that he and his wife like they were going to destroy the stone but don't worry they had just enough left to like get their affairs in order and they were like 600 years old and like they're fine damn i was definitely hoping that was not the case (laughs) oh well yeah those movies man yeah do we have any general overall like harry potter comments oh yeah the the overall yeah so general observation because we've gone through the film unless megan there was something else that uh you wanted to bring up or you rocks that you want to bring up about the last book slash film i mean i just love the um them pretending to be bellatrix scene like oh. that like the humor of that like that to oh me is, oh know? yeah when they make harry potter ugly 
I forgot yeah. about that. They, they like yeah, they, she does a curse on him, so they can't tell that they have Harry Potter. And they're like, Malfoy, is this Harry Potter? And he's like, mm, I don't know. This gets kind of ugly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't remember Harry Potter being this ugly. <laughs> it's like, okay, clearly it's fucking Harry Potter. Like, I don't, I don't understand why everyone's confused about this. But, <laughs> but yeah, Hermione trying to get into the bank. Like, may I please get to my vault? And then they're like, mm, you're very nice, girl. Like, <laughs> But what I do love about that scene is they said that they had Hermione acted out first. So it's like one of those like things where it's like, so it's Bellatrix pretending to be Hermione, pretending to be Bellatrix. Yeah. It's like, it's like an actress pretending to be someone else pretending. To be, and you're just like, that is excellent. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. excellent work, lady. You did it great. So some of the general observations that I had, I think we kind of like addressed as we were uh, discussing the films. But one of the things that we did not that uh, we'll just I'll, I'll just bring up here is the names of like characters. So, yeah. What so a lot of them, they're like really like I don't know how to describe this, but really like descriptive names of like the character, like kind of like one note or like stereotypical in that. Um, OK, so we have Cho Chang, who is our like Asian slash Scottish character. So, she, But her, her name is Cho Chang, like <laughs> the most Asian name, not like real name, but like Asian name that we can come up with. So, you know, she's Asian. Yeah. Right. We couldn't call her like Heather because how do we know she's like of Asian descent? Mm. You know, the only like super Irish character that you ever meet is like Seamus, and you're just like (laughs) that was the other one too. It's like Seamus, and I'm like, because no one in Ireland is like named like Rick or something or or whatever. So is that, and even like Lavender Brown, like I know you had said like maybe originally. When, when the character was first introduced, she didn't have like any kind of like descriptor to her in like the books. I don't know. I mm-hmm. read a couple of things like uh, like on Wikipedia where they like they describe like the, the characters and stuff like that. But anyways, uh, at least uh, in the first couple of films, she's portrayed as like a black character. But, but her name is like Lavender Brown. You know, just one, like one of those things, even like Lupin. He turns out to be a werewolf, but we're going to call him like <laughs> Lupin, like the wolf. And even like Fleur de la Cour, like. The most like French fucking name <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to describe. Victor Crumb. Yeah, Victor Crumb. Like, yeah. so just kind of like how some of these characters were like named, where they, where they're like, like I said, like kind of like descriptive of like who they're meant to like represent. But like you have to think, this is the author that you know called the mirror the mirror of said, because <laughs> it's desire backwards, and then the whole. Tom Riddle and I am Voldemort. <laughs> like, not the cleverest. <laughs> but, like, yeah, and that's it. Like, so the idea of he's named Tom Marvoldo Riddle and he's like, I'm going to rearrange it. Let's see what it gives me. Oh, it happens to give me, like, flies from death or, like, flight of death and I'm going to be evil. Like, um, or Salazar Slytherin and it's like, snakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're the snake people. The deceptive. Um, but I think that's what makes it so spectacular that mm. like the the most well-known wizard or whatever is a guy just named Harry Potter. Like he's just a boring ass name. Like Harry was a very popular name. Potter. Okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it just, I think that kind of like for as much as she, and I know she made it a point that she wanted to name Hermione Hermione because she wanted to have like, for girls who have weird names, like this is the character for you but and is, whatever. Is Hermione a real name? I don't know. I don't because uh, I wasn't I, sure. Hmm? I wasn't sure if it was a real name because I had read that that she wanted, yeah, like that specific name. But I'm like, is that a real name? Is that something she like came up with? Did you guys, like, when you first read it without seeing the movie, if you had I, read I it? I didn't know. How did you pronounce it in your head? Or it's like her. Probably like, Hermione or something. Like, yeah. Not, like, I, I kind of like pronounced it as it looked like it's spelled yeah but like Herma- hermione yeah <laughs> i do like when the, whenever you hear the like french translations of the names also like i can't think of any but they're always they just they just make me laugh because like either like names don't get translated you know what i mean mm-hmm. like severus snape and fred should be severus snape that's his name yeah. like why are you translating it but they all get translated to so then it like 
proves that there's a meaning behind the name kind of thing because they're translating the meaning, I guess. Um, yeah. That was always yeah. that was interesting to me. The only one I really know, like what, uh, you know, in French versus in English is Poudlard instead of Hogwarts, which they got the hog part, but then it's like hog lice, I think, in French. It's like, <laughs> still gross. But. To me, like, I can understand if you're like talking about something that's like not made up. Like if it's like a real thing and it's like, okay, how can we translate this concept? Because obviously translation is like very hard. But for something like Hogwarts, it's just Hogwarts. Like I don't understand why you need like a French. Because then you would have had Hogwarts. Hogwarts. On va à Hogwarts. <laughs> like I do get that's ugly, but that. then I don't know. Yeah. I am not a fan of the, I mean, I do also, like I say I'm not a fan, but I kind of am a fan of like hearing the names and being like, hmm, which character is this? Like there's, I wish I remembered them, but there's some that are, um, Snape is like a hug or something like rogue. Okay. <laughs> Just, yeah, I think, or so, like something like that, where you're just like, that's not, no, not his name. That's very different. <laughs> also, yeah. I don't know if he has, I don't know what his like French last name is, but I don't know if the alliteration is still there. I mm. hope it is, just because there's a lot of alliteration in a lot of these. Yeah. You know, so, do we have any other final observations before we end? This has been the marathon session, so. <laughs> I don't know, like, just like, I guess, Voldemort's overall, um... It's, like, plan? His plan, yeah, his his motivations for everything. I wish it was, like, better better highlighted, like, from the beginning. So that you're not, like... I felt like by the end, like, I kind of got it. Okay, it's about, um... You know, it's just... He's basically, like, a, a, a white supremacist equivalent, but, like, in the wizarding world, where he's like, no, I don't want, like, you know, half you know, wizard and half uh, muggle or whatever. But yeah, I just wish it had been better explained throughout. And like, also, I don't know if I'm like satisfied with he's literally just kind of like a wizard racist. Like, I don't know. It just feels like really like you're going to go through all that, which I mean, yeah, people in history have like gone through all that. But I don't know. Like, I wish there was more. I kind of understood him more like because, you know, in, in a lot of movies, you have villains and you kind of get where they're coming from a little bit, like uh, Thanos in Avengers or or like in Black Panther, you know, Eric. Killmonger. Eric Killmonger. Like you, you kind of understand his motivation, even though you don't agree. You can see where he's coming from. But I felt like with like Voldemort, it was like he was kind of bullied. And <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit got, like evil. <laughs> it was a little bit more disjointed, I think. Yeah. And I think part of that comes from the fact that I don't think Rowling probably planned everything like from the get-go i'm sure she wrote like the first book and it was kind of like okay it's a standalone story and then it's successful mm -hmm. and it's like okay let's write more kind of thing because yeah. it's not really like laid out yeah like if you don't know like read extra materials like you were talking about before megan where you have like pottermore and like all these other outside books that kind of like fill in the gaps and give you like backstory and history from the story itself or if you're just watching the films itself yeah it's kind of hard to understand like what the issue with Voldemort is it kind of gets into it a little bit with like the last couple of films, but throughout you're just, he's just a bad wizard. Mm -hmm. And, but we don't know much beyond that. I do know that like she did tell Snape or Alan Rickman, like his storyline from early on. So I feel like that, like, I think once she realized she was going to make more, she like actually planned out some things, something she definitely didn't, but yeah. like planned to him, like, Hey, by the way, your backstory is that you love Harry's mom and you hate him because, you know, like all the, he is the reason she died and like all this stuff. Um, and for Voldemort, yeah, the, the best that they gave us was in the books. Um, his dad was a muggle who hated his mom for being like, I think his mom died and then he killed his dad because his dad didn't accept him um, because he was like half wizard. And he oh. did like the dad, his dad and mom got together and the dad didn't know that he was like a, marrying a witch. Mm. And then when he found out was like, that's not my son. And so Voldemort's like, okay, well, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> and then oh. he had to go to an orphanage. Voldemort himself is what he is after, like, he seeks to destroy or eradicate from the wizarding world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my he, God. For as creative as. J.K. Rowling is like she's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like I can. Okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Well, does anyone have any final thing, or should we wrap yeah. up here? 
Yeah, we should. I'm just gonna say, uh, you know, make a new one where it's just headless Nick, <laughs> and it just people need to realize that Voldemort is hot. Just no, bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> he is charismatic and charming and sexy, and you all know it. And that's it. Like, it. <laughs> Did you not just like miss the entire part where he's trying to kill everyone? Whatever. Yeah, but he's know. hot though, so yeah. it's okay. He's complicated, and I can change him. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So there you go. <laughs> that that's, that's the final word. All right. Voldemort is hot, and you can change him. So <laughs> there you go. That's that's gonna be like the ninth Harry Potter thing. Oh, I want a Neville. Now that now that he's hot, just give him an entire <laughs> like movie backstory, whatever. I want more Neville. <laughs> okay perfect so we're gonna end it there on the hotness of uh the various harry potter characters <laughs> i have been your podcast person pablo also known as jpap also known as pav also known as pavi and of course joined by special fellow podcast people roxanne and megan thank you both so much for having this discussion and uh revealing how hot uh voldemort is i i didn't really consider it but you may be changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so thank you uh, for listening to the all new, all different Aim for the Bushes. So everyone, please take care. Stay safe. Peace.